Welcome to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman, the animated series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode in a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. Time to introduce our hosts across the table from me, whose dreams are definitely more vibrant and memorable than mine because I don't remember my own dreams You're ever. You're so self-deprecating. What? You don't have to be that self-deprecating. You think so? You don't think I'm I have I'm sure you have beautiful dreams. I don't remember any of my dreams. Really? Never. Wait, really ever? Like almost never. I don't think I knew that about you. Yeah, I don't really remember dreams. Is that like a thing? I have no idea. I know I do, but I don't really remember them. You should try to do like a dream journal or something like that. Yeah, or is it I like should. that you rec- you remember so little you couldn't even do that? Um, maybe. And also my dreams are always, I do not have wild and crazy dreams. Wild okay. and crazy dreams. <laughs> wild and crazy dreams. Um, I do. I, that, so one of us has. So your intro was apt. Unseated across the table <laughs> for me. The man of my dreams. <laughs> I was going to say Mike that, Stout. but I let you do it. Okay, thank you. So I appreciate good, that. Good, good. One of us had to say it. Um, yeah. Boy, this is a real good episode. Yeah, so this is episode, season one, episode 30, Perchance to Dream. This was broadcast order number 26, so it got the, the little bump. Uh, this is our second run-in with the Mad Hatter, even though we don't really realize it's a Mad Hatter episode until way late. Right. This is also, like, very close to Mad as a Hatter. Very close. So they, they use him again yeah. <laughs> right away. Oh, to the point where this his motivation in this episode is in direct I was response just, to Mad as a Hatter. I was just going to say, I was like, this feels like immediate revenge mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the events of Mad as a Hatter. Yeah, it feels like this would be, like, maybe within the next week or two. That yes. Mad Hatter would pull this on Batman because he's so mad at him, but he just needed some time to get the gear together. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know? Um, again, we could talk about this, but in terms of like power creep, yeah. Mad Hatter is one of the best examples of being like, yeah, the first time you see him, he has this one ability, and it's a pretty cool ability. And the second time you see him, this is 10 times more powerful. Yeah, it's or, ridiculous. Or, or 100 times more powerful. It's, I mean, power creep on Mad Hatter in animated series is pretty insane. It's wild to see how he goes from like using these little cards to kind of controlling people to like, oh yeah, this is going to put you in the Matrix. Yeah, well, <laughs> honestly, a controversial opinion coming to Batman Tasticast, this is the closest any of the villains ever came to defeating Batman. Yeah. Is in this episode. Yeah. Mad Hatter basically almost won. Yeah. Bruce and defeats himself in this episode. Ex- exactly. If it wasn't for Bruce essentially being smarter than himself. Right. I think I think Mad Hatter would have won. And yeah. I don't know what Mad Hatter would have done. Like, what would he have done with Batman had he won, right? Just left him in the thing and... Well, yeah, killed him, I mean, basically. Yeah, because... Yeah. Uh, so the episode's called Perchance the Dream, which comes from the to be or not to be speech from William Shakespeare's Hamlet. Yeah. Uh, you know... The, the lines going to die to sleep to sleep perchance to dream I there's the rub for in that sleep of death what dreams may come oh there you go um, nice. you know yeah so Mad Hatter a lot more lethal than we give him credit for a lot smarter than I think a lot of people give him credit for because he's just so damn goofy looking yeah right but this is a seriously nasty thing he does in this episode and I think it's other than the man who killed Batman which we'll talk about another time this is the closest Batman really comes to dying yeah. in an episode. And, uh, you know, that would be the only thing that could remove him from being Batman would be this this kind of death. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's crazy that, like, of all the villains that got that close to beating Batman, it's the Mad Hatter. But yes. it's always going to be a villain that 
I think the well, I guess that's not true because Bane literally breaks Batman in half in the comic books, and like Batman can be outmatched physically a little bit easier than he can be mentally. Sure, but I was going to say a a physical injury to Batman that's not nearly the same thing as taking away his wits, his ability yeah. to reason, which yeah. is why we've said this on previous episodes. Guys like Scarecrow and Hatter are way more dangerous than Bane. Yeah, yeah, because Bane is physical and Batman can outsmart them. Right, but even broken, Batman still has his wits, yeah. which are that's his that's his superpower. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. um, so I, you know, listen, we're never going to take it away from Joker. He's number one with a yeah, bullet. Of course. Always yeah. way ahead for many reasons we've discussed many mm-hmm, times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then we have other rogues gallery members that we all just like, and they're significant in Bruce's life as well yeah. as in Batman's yeah, life. Yeah, that's yeah. your, those are, that's your two face. That's your Riddler, especially once he knows Bruce's identity, you know, things like that. But Hatter and Scarecrow, the, the characters that it's not that they even challenge Batman's wits. It's that they rob him of them. Yeah. These are the guys that you have to watch out for. Well, we saw that with the last Scarecrow episode. We Dreams in Darkness. Dreams yeah. in mm-hmm. Darkness. Yeah. We saw that Scarecrow was able to take away Batman's wits. Right. He also did it and made Batman like he was a real problem. Right. And I guess we don't see Scarecrow more after those first three episodes. Like Not as a solo villain. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of out of the series uh, quickly. I think it's because... I think because it's a kid's cartoon, it's like, oh, we're going to do the same Scarecrow thing over and over again. So I think what they, the reason why they probably do, that's probably similar to the Mad Hatter, too, where it's, um, okay, cool, Batman's going to lose his mind. He's going to not be able to, to, right. to beat Batman, really. But this one is like, it's a step beyond just getting hit with the fear toxin. It's, it's a step beyond the right. little control cards. Like, this is literally, like, it's, it's sidelining Batman and putting him in a dream state that yes. is, it is wild. But I also love that it is sort of opposite Scarecrow. Scarecrow's dream state for Batman would have been a perpetual nightmare. Yeah. Mad Hatter creates a wonderland for him. He creates a paradise. Yeah, he literally creates wonderland for Batman, the the life he never got got to have. And the episode is, I mean, let's just say right up front, this is an incredibly sad episode. Oh, it's, it's, it's so sad because for many, many reasons, but... Obviously, the one that stands out is, one, it's sad because Mad Hatter is just a sad character in general. He is. And, two, you get to see Batman or Bruce Wayne's life is just so the inverse of what it would have been had his parents not been killed. Right. And it's one of those things where it's just like, we get to see Bruce Wayne almost happy mm-hmm. in this episode. It's not the phony put on mask of Bruce Wayne that he puts on all the time. Right. Uh, now, he does revert to Batman eventually in yeah. his dream. And he does confront himself. But ultimately, in the end, it seems as though Bruce Wayne would rather just be a bystander and yeah. not the hero. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's part of it. I, I think certainly the core is like... Yeah. So yes, absolutely in the episode. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves and that's okay. It's a big episode. Um the reason why he finds out it's all a dream is because he can't read in the dream. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a cool yeah. little you know narrative trick to play. But beyond that, the reason why he's so dubious about this being the truth, and it is so sad, is because he's so defined by his trauma. Yeah. He's so defined by his mm-hmm. parents' murder mm-hmm. and what he did in reaction to that that he... He actually doesn't even seem like he thinks he deserves a good life. Yeah, yeah. Right? He's yeah. like, this is, no, I'm too happy. I can't be rich and have a beautiful woman and have living parents and not be Batman. Yeah. And not have this crushing responsibility. This is not my life. Yeah, he he knows deep down, his subconscious knows that he won't allow himself to have a good life. So, 
Except at the end of The Dark Knight Rises where he just, you know, leaves Gotham and, <laughs> and goes to Europe. And Yeah, uh, that film has a lot of problems. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that today. <laughs> but yeah, so Jordan, you know, obviously we talked about this before. We've mentioned this on the show before. This is your favorite episode. This is my number one favorite episode of Batman the Animated Series. A lot of others come close. Almost got him. Beware the Great Ghost. Yeah. Uh, Heart of Ice. This is my number one is, is Perchance the Dream. So what makes this your number one? A couple things going in here. So the first thing is that when we first were deciding to do this podcast, I was like, I can't wait until the day we finally get to talk about Perchance the Dream because I just had, you know, so many things to say about it. And we it. got there. And here we are, baby. Uh, <laughs> we, we fucking made it. Against, against our own predictions, we made it. Um, it was an episode. <laughs> right, that's right. Uh, it was an episode that struck me even as a kid where I was like, boy, I really love that one episode where he has a perfect life and it turns out to be the Mad Hatter. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Also, again, I just love the Mad Hatter. Yeah. So I th loved that he was behind this because I thought it was one of the great schemes of all time. Actually, I think it's like the greatest scheme that we see in the series. The other thing is that this episode is so profound to me that it actually touches every single episode because I measure every episode against this one. I say, does it make me feel as much as I felt in Perchance to Dream? Do I like the structure as much as I like the structure of Perchance to Dream? When I even think of Batman the Animated Series, my first thought is always of this episode. And I think it's because in narrative, things are often defined by their opposites. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, how horrifying something is can also be defined by how funny it is, yes. right? Or, or how brave you can be against the thing. Um, your dreams are often defined by your reality, right? Um, this, is, this is so much that. Um, I, I love that Batman is so defined in this episode by the life he's denied. Yeah. Uh, we repeat over and over again in this series, Batman's the mystery character. Mm -hmm. He's the one we don't know a lot about. We learn about him through who he fights and, and the little glimpses of him we get here and there. This is, I think bar none, the most revealing episode yeah. about who Bruce is and who yeah. Batman is, is what he dreams about. Mad Hatter creates this space for him and his mind populates it. And it populates it with this. Well, if he could, this is what he would be doing. He would yeah. have this sort of life of luxury. He would be with and love his parents. He would be with and love Selena. Um, and he could live a life that is maybe more typical to what all of us would want out of life. But then we see, too, the opposite. He sees that in being happy, his life has no purpose. Mm -hmm. He feels like something's wrong. He's restless. And his sense of justice has become so, so overdeveloped as a result of his trauma that he has to look for the thing that's wrong. Yeah. There are many people that would have opened that newspaper and those books and been like, oh, I can't read. Maybe it's not real. Fuck it. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I'm just staying. Yeah. No. And I, I think a lot of people would have stopped there and not tried to confront the bat. No, that's true. That's true. And I think that's uh, that's really, really well said. That's a... Uh... That's a great breakdown of this episode. It makes sense why it's your favorite. It's such a good episode. It's it's just... It, it is a more mature episode than most Batman episodes. He doesn't really fight a villain, really. It's very cerebral. And it's very much... Feels like it's kind of... It's obviously, it's an episode kind of like out of out of sequence right even though it does kind of follow up like right on the heels it seems of uh, a man as a hatter but in doing research and looking at things i'm not like the biggest twilight zone not saying i'm not the biggest twilight zone fan i, I do like the twilight zone when i watch it but i i don't know a lot about the twilight zone and there's also another ep there's an episode of the twilight zone called perchance to dream right i That's believe right. it's like mm -hmm. you know in the first like 
five or ten episodes or whatever like yeah, yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't really know the breakdown of that episode, but when watching this, I'm like, oh, this feels like a Twilight Zone. This feels like it a Twilight does. Zone episode, yeah. something that you know would would use that. And per for per chance to dream, you know, obviously it's taking from Hamlet. We we talked about Hamlet before, right? Where Kevin Conroy's influence for Batman was comparing it to Hamlet. So using a line from Hamlet is also very, very, um, it's very fitting uh, for what this series is trying to do to elevate what the superhero cartoon could actually do and what stories it could tell. And also, this feels like a comic book. This feels like an issue of the comic book. Like this is something that I could totally see being an issue or two of the comic something that Batman has to overcome and, you know, as the Mad Hatter is in his way here. I think Batman's normal life is really intriguing. Uh, I think it's really sad, but it's also like, it's great to see the Waynes as parents. Like, that's fun. It's great to see, you know, his relationship with Selina. It's great to see that Batman is still around. It's just not him, technically. And uh, it's really, is really cool. Right. And and those relationships with his parents, with Selena, I mean, all that's rooted in authentic feelings he yeah. has for these people in real life. It's just, he can't have this relationship with them. His parents yeah. are gone and he can't be with Selena in this way. They they live other lives. Yeah, exactly. And um, that episode of The Twilight Zone that you just referenced, by the way, I did just look up the, the yeah. plot synopsis because I, I had seen it, but I sort of forgot. That is definitely, that's very much an episode of Man Who Goes to See a Psychiatrist uh, because he's having these very vivid dreams. Yeah. And uh, no spoilers because I, I don't know that episode super well. But basically he's afraid that uh, he's losing the line between reality and okay. his dream. And he's afraid he's going to die in his dream and it's going to be real. And then, of course, because it's the Twilight Zone, the twist is that it is real. Yeah. It is. Right. So, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely probably some influence there's here. There's absolutely an From influence that episode there, yes. as well. Um, so, yeah, like we said, we got the Mad Hatter again. Um, we have Roddy McDowell coming back as the Mad Hatter, just doing terrific work. Uh, again, yeah, terrific voice acting performance, even though we get very, very little Mad Hatter in this episode. Yes. But I, the little we get is terrific. It's great. It's yeah. great. It's once again just like... You know, he's thwarted again, and he's just miserable, and uh, Roddy McDowell just does such a good job as uh, the Mad Hatter. He does. My theory in this episode is that, you know, obviously Mad Hatter does not get to see into the dream, yeah. really. Yeah. I don't think he knows how proficient he was. Yeah. I don't think he can. No, he can't. I, I mean, he doesn't seem to have the technology to know exactly what's going on in there, because even at the end of the episode, he actually doesn't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Which is good. It is good, right? Uh, so that means the version of the Mad Hatter that we get in the dream is just Bruce having figured out what happened. Yes. Um, and that's his projection of who the Mad Hatter is in the dream. So when yeah. he fights his way out, that version of Hatter we see in the real world was not the same version of the Hatter that we got in the dream. No. In the dream, it's Bruce's or Batman's projection. Um, so it, it's amusing to me and I think good to note for characters. You know, the Mad Hatter does not really know how close he came to beating no, Batman. No, no, I don't think so. However, the... Batman is so angry and upset when he comes out of this dream. So maybe Hatter does have some idea. And he didn't he didn't beat him. So, you know. Right. He, he didn't give him a beat down. Yeah. I also want to say that I just want to touch on this briefly. Kevin Conroy has played Thomas Wayne once before in the... Right. That was in Beware, Nothing to Fear? No, Beware the Grey Ghost. Beware the Grey Ghost. I'm sorry. And um, he's also pre- playing uh, Thomas Wayne in this episode, which is nice. I like that Kevin Conroy's playing playing right. the older Wayne. Right. And the way they're drawn, it's actually like they have like the same body type. Yeah, and, like, yeah, the same, yeah, so yeah. You get it. You, you yeah. get it. You know that's Batman. He has kind of a voice. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to play golf. 
So uh, let's get into some of this um, IMDb trivia. Sure. Um, you're in good company, just letting you know, because this is also Kevin Conroy and Troy Baker's favorite episodes. Well, look at that. So uh, with two legendary voice actors, you share a favorite episode, so that's amazing. Yeah. Aside for the, from the similarities to For the Man Who Has Everything... Uh, the core plot of this episode was done in 1991's Detective Comics 633. Which is very recent to the series. Super recent, like yeah. a year before the series happened. Right. Uh, the main difference is that the comic is pretty pretty much a thriller all the way through with none of the episode's psychological introspection, which I think makes the episode. Yeah, so in fr from what I can glean from that is I would like this episode much more than I would have liked that one comic. Of course, yeah. of course, yeah, it would probably be way better. Um, it looks like this this episode also probably influenced a little bit of Flashpoint, which would be a series that would uh, rewrite the DC Universe for the how many time, I don't know at this point, in, uh, in right. around the two, 2010s. Uh, it's going to get rewritten again because they just, all these comic book companies just keep rebooting. Yeah, other than Legends of the Dark Knight, this is probably the episode that most gives us anything akin to an Elseworlds yes. tale yes. from DC Comics, yeah. which is like DC's version of What If. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and Elseworlds, it's really cool. Yeah, Elseworlds is, you know, their alternate universe stuff, and they're going to be using more Elseworlds stuff moving forward. Well, they're the going to have to because yeah. the DC EU is in shambles. Yeah, it's all so. over the place. It's a total mess. But um, Flashpoint is an alternate reality where Barry Allen created that in the comic books when he traveled back in time to prevent his mother's murder. And uh, Bruce finds that his parents are alive and someone else has taken over his superhero identity and ends up being Bruce's father, Thomas Wayne. Right. So it's, it's a bit, a bit of a different reality, but there is a reality. It does mirror uh, a little flashpoint does mirror this episode a little bit. We'll probably see more of that in the flash movie. Yeah. I enjoy flashpoint Batman. I think oh, flashpoint Thomas Batman's Wayne's a cool Batman. Really cool. Especially with those, those horrible red eyes. Yes. He's got a great look. And, um, you know, those horrible red eyes. So but she, she says yellow eyes, yellow eyes. Yeah. Right. Those horrible yellow eyes. And once again, how, we've turned it into a Spider-Man podcast. That's how Spider-Man knows it's the green goblin. <laughs> Finish it. From who would, evil. Who would you cast? All right, let's let's have a little bit of fun before we get into this okay. episode. So How got, dare we have fun on yeah, our no, podcast? No, we shouldn't do that. Uh, Willem Dafoe. Yes. Now, obviously, most there's so many people who are like he needs to play the Joker. He does need to play the Joker. <laughs> was that was that the question? <laughs> My question was going to be who would you cast Willem Dafoe and Tobey Maguire as in the DC universe? Oh my god, the entire DC universe. I mean, Willem Dafoe we, should play the Joker. It's a shame that he is a little older mm -hmm. and maybe isn't appropriate to the role anymore but you know what you put him enough makeup who gives yeah. a fuck whatever. also uh, i just want to let you know uh, something tr funny about willem dafoe is that um he's actually something of a scientist himself <laughs> um toby would have been a good riddler yeah uh, had they gone that way but uh i, I love paul dano i paul think he's so a good great job i wish he was nominated for oscars not yeah. just for Batman, for anything this year. Yeah. Give Paul Dano some. They're, they're not going to be too kind to the Fablemans this year. I no, it's going to be a fable that they won any awards. Yes, yeah, very sad. Yeah, it's, a, it's a terrible, it's a great terrible. I, I love the Fablemans. Yes. Um, so you want to jump into the episode? Are we ready to go? Let's do it. All right. So we get our wonderful opening theme. Uh, we get a title card, A Dark and Cloudy Sky with Perchance to Dream written text. Playfully Dark Music Plays, the Mad Hatter theme. Story by Laren Bright and yes. Michael Reeves. That is the... We get a big hint up top. Yep. yep. And I'm not sure if I hate it or I totally love it. I suspect I totally love it. Yeah. Because you have to know it's Mad Hatter's theme. Yep. And you have to be like, oh, okay. You gotta be a nerd. Because this guy doesn't show up until the end yeah. of the episode. Yeah. So if you're a super nerd like we are, you have to be hearing this and be like... 
Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. It's Mad Hatter. It, it totally gives it away. No, I think that's that's pretty great. Uh, the story by is by Laren Bright and Michael Reeves. Teleplay by Joe R. Lansdale, and it's directed by Boyd Kirkland. All knocked it out of the park, my boy Boyd. Boyd, killing it. You're again. my boy Boyd. <laughs> um, so we're gonna get right into the episode. Gotham Warehouse District at night. We see a brown car make a sharp turn around a corner. It's being followed by the Batmobile. The Batmobile is chasing this car as we see two goons driving away from Batman. They knock an iron drum of oil at Batman, who then starts to peel like out of control with the inability to see because, you know, oil on the windshield. So he got hit with the ink. Right, from Mario Kart. From Mario Kart. Yeah, he got hit with the ink squid. I have a proposition. If you're a villain in Gotham, whether you're the boss or you're a henchman, and the Batmobile is chasing after you, just stop the car. You're just going to get hurt if you try to run from the thing. You're getting apprehended. Oh, you're getting apprehended, and I think... It's not a cop. You can't outrun the Batmobile. No, you can't. It's literally a rocket with wheels on it. Correct. I don't think anyone has ever outrun the Batmobile. No, no, no. I'm still... I'm kind of like... Doing a little side research, I'm monitoring as we watch the series. Has anyone ever gotten away from the Batmobile so yeah. far? No. And also, like the more of a problem you give Batman, the more he's gonna hurt you. Right. So, like, he's no, you. You may as well you just. You, it's okay to have like mildly frustrated <laughs> Batman when you get caught by Batman, but right. angry Brat- Batman will break every bone in your body. Yes. Yeah. Not good. Not good. So this brown car then stops. At Capper Oil Storage. Which I think is a sly reference to the Mad Hatter as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Capper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, we should have paid attention. And the two goons exit the car. Uh, The Batmobile stops as Batman gets out of the car, and he uses his grappling gun to get up to an open window. Then we see Batman inside the warehouse. He hops down, but is hit with some kind of electrical blast that puts sparkles in his eyes. Like, he's got, like... It's very bizarre. Yeah, he's like, whoa, he's he's seeing stars. How bizarre. How How bizarre. bizarre. (laughs) Uh, you know how bizarre how bizarre and in this confusion he's super confused he gets hit with this device that just like falls on his head and i love that it's not explained i love that we don't know what it is it looks so odd what happens to him you're just like oh i don't know Uh, something fell on him yeah it's like it's it looks looking back at it later on it looks kind of like the thing that that is used that the headpiece that either doc uses or or the thing that is used in uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yes, yeah. it does look yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So Bruce Wayne wakes up in his bed, as if woken from a nightmare. Alfred wishes him a good morning. He uses that thing to open the blinds that Bruce Wayne <laughs> has automatic blinds, which is very, very nice. Right. Yes, automatic nice. Shades. How nice. Yeah. Bruce talks about how he shouldn't have fallen for that trap, which confuses Alfred greatly. Like, Alfred's, like, visibly confused. And Bruce asks Alfred how he got back to his bed, and he infers that Robin must have taken him home. And this is, first of all, you know, this God is the, damn it. as much as, as much as like, you know, we, we, so one of us on this show really hates Robin. One it's of us is like, certainly me. <laughs> Do you always hate Robin or just in the show? I don't think I ever like him in this version. I like Tim Drake, Teen Titans. Okay. Robin. Okay. That's perfectly and understandable. And Tim Drake in Batman comics. Yes. Robin. Yes. Very little else. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. So when Bruce Wayne asks Alfred, it's, this really, it's actually a very funny bit. He asks him if he was brought home by Robin. Uh, Alfred assumes that he meant some young, he meant some young lady. Right. Robin, sir? It's a good bit. A young it's, lady? It's a good bit. And then Alfred brings up Selina, and Bruce is like super confused, and Alfred's confused. So it's a whole bunch of confusion going on. Right. I do want to mention, we haven't really seen very much of Selena Kyle since Cat in the Claw. No, no. So, 
um, it's nice that we're led as viewers to believe like, okay, this is a woman who's a big deal in his life yeah. and has left such a lingering impression that he would also dream he about would, her. And not even just dream about her. Right, they're being, married. They're, or they're about to get married yeah, in their, they're, his they're dreams. they're going to be married. Yeah. So Bruce Wayne then exits his room and goes to the, I want to say, just want to preface this as it's the article, the definite article grandfather clock. Right. Matt Reeves is the definite article grandfather yes, clock. Yes, yes, right. which uh, didn't make an appearance in the Batman, but hopefully it will in the Batman part two. Right, well it has to be gritty if it's yeah, going to be the Matt Yeah, it's Reeves, going to be so really be covered in grime. Dirty, dirty, it uh, might have murdered this, seven this people. This clock is made of blood. Something in the way. (laughs) (laughs) So, when he tries to use the switch to open up the path to the Batcave, he confronts Alfred about the switch, and Alfred has no idea what he's talking about. Bruce gets frustrated that Alfred is confused. He goes, the Batcave! Yeah. Alfred is like, what? It's real funny. (laughs) Yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. Alfred has no idea what the Batcave is, and then Bruce starts to get agitated, and he gets sarcastic with Alfred. We're seeing a bit of like Bruce is being mean. Yeah, but he's also like not realizing it. He's accidentally acting exactly in character yeah, because yeah, apparently yeah, yeah. in this world Bruce Wayne is just such a fucking dick yeah, yeah, to everybody. Yeah. Nobody likes him. Yeah, no one likes him that they're just like, "Oh, he's being an eccentric mm-hmm. mean weirdo again." And well, that's Bruce Wayne. Alfred and Bruce in this in this world clearly don't have the same relationship no, they do. No, I was going to say the Alfred Alfred's very distant from yeah, him in this because Alfred didn't raise him. He's not his dad. He's just a guy yeah. that works there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's funny to see. It's funny to see. It's so a good funny. scene. Good scene. Uh, Bruce is then interrupted by someone calling him son, and Kevin Conroy is back as Thomas Wayne. He does have a little bit of a different voice. It's deeper. It's, it's like a little more deeper. Fatherly, it's yeah. more, more, yeah, more, more dad. And uh, he actually sounds great. I love it. And then we see Thomas and Martha Wayne enter the room. Why'd you, why'd you say Martha? <laughs> and um, Bruce is like bewildered. He's like totally surprised because these two are supposed to be uh, yeah. super dead. Yeah. Like real dead. Could you even imagine? Yeah. Like, like 30 years dead. The feeling, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's it's crazy. Um, we then cut to Bruce, uh, who's who ran runs to the kitchen sink and he starts washing his face. Mm-hmm. Thomas asks him if he's okay, he checks his eyes because obviously he's a doctor, which right. which is a great little like they don't tell you he's a doctor. Great nod but to the character. It's a great nod to the character. He does the thing with the eyes, you know. He asks him if he's okay to go to the office because he has a very important appointment with the stockholders. Bruce says he's fine. And then Thomas says that he and Martha also have an appointment on the gar- golf course. Yeah, what a, what a nice universe where these yeah. folks got to retire and, and were not golf. killed. <laughs> yeah, weren't killed in an alleyway by right. a lunatic. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> Thomas Wayne has retired. And uh, Bruce's eyes, I will say this much, they look real dumb. If yes. you look at Bruce Wayne's eyes, they're like all over the place. It's just bad animation for like that one second, but I left. I also want to just mention the Waynes are big. They're big This people. whole family is like linebackers. Yo, yo man. <laughs> yo, I wouldn't mess with any, even Thomas Wayne. No, Martha will just take you out. Yeah, Martha. I've seen Martha suplex a, suplex a, a bear. They all could have been bad. Yeah, man. the bear that gave Zangief the scars. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah, a, that's a famous that's bear. That's a famous bear. Exactly. Exactly. So, did, but Zangief won that fight. I'm pretty sure he did. He, he is the did. Red Cyclone. Yeah, yeah he won. Know, he looks pretty good in Street Fighter Six. He's got a real good headbutt. That would be actually a good Street Fighter Seven character would be the bear. The bear. The undead bear yeah. comes back for revenge. We talked about a little this. little revenant action. We talked about this in an episode of How About This, <laughs> just letting you know we brought up the bear. Did I say the exact same thing? Very similar. <laughs> I'm a fucking hack. Let's just go on. 
So making uh, the same joke across <laughs> two podcasts. To be fair, we were talking about a wrestling video game at that point. Yeah, so. you know what, dude? No one heard that episode. It's fine. Uh, yeah, it's right. <laughs> I, I heard it. Okay. So Alfred is prepping Bruce's awful yellow and brown suit. <laughs> Just, you know, even in his dreams, he couldn't escape the suit. You know what's funny? In his dreams, he must like that suit because he's like, "Listen, <laughs> well, that's my suit. Yes, yeah, yeah. this is what I wear. Oh, yes, this is what I wear." Bruce then asks Alfred to do an odd favor to explain his life to him, which is a weird thing to ask Alfred. But I love the moment. Oh, Alfred, yes, yeah, great. Such good writing. Really, really good stuff. Alfred explains to Bruce that he's been in charge of Wayne Enterprises since his father has retired. The company is mostly run by Lucius Fox because Bruce is a bit of a playboy billionaire. Alfred also informs Bruce that he will soon be marrying Selena Kyle in a few weeks unless plans have changed since last night. Very nice with Mm -hmm. uh, Robin. (laughs) Bruce is distraught and he goes, it's all wrong! To which Alfred Alfred comforts him that it's a life of leisure, but there are worse lives. Bruce sits down with his face in his hands. I love the moment. I mm-hmm. love this scene. Mm-hmm. And I love the story structure that begins with, can you explain my life to me? Yeah. Right? Because that, it really opens up this radically sincere moment yeah. in the episode. And Alfred is trying to explain his life to him. You see there's like a, a veneer there, right? She's trying to do this without judgment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But even then he says, you know, you live a life of leisure, but there are worse lives. Yeah, there are. Yeah. The, yeah. the real one. Yeah. You bat- Batman. Yeah. So then we see, we cut to Bruce in the boardroom. He's tapping his pen. He's kind of bored. It's a big, empty boardroom. And then one of his assistants brings in Selena. Uh, looking more like the Gotham socialite and less like Catwoman. Right. This is, yeah. So Selena in appearance is actually not how we saw her when we saw her yes. in Catwoman. This is more like she's... She's a lot fluffier. Yeah. 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 This is more like Selena having the life she would have if she wasn't some sort of yeah. activist to save cats. I, I agree. It's interesting that that's how Bruce sees her in his dream. Because yeah. in his dream, and again, I know Mad Hatter is you know pulling the strings here, but in his dream... Yeah, he's totally separated from being Batman, and therefore his life has no purpose. It's interesting that yeah. he sees the mirror of that in her, too. Yes. Because if she's not Catwoman, yeah. her life also has no purpose. Exactly. So these two are kind of living like the sort of empty life of leisure together. There is something nice and romantic about that, and there also is something wrong and sad about yeah. that. And he's now kind of trying to work this out. Mm-hmm. It's really cool that that's also the case. Yes. Selena says she stopped by only because Martha had said to her that Bruce could use some cheering up. I guess, I guess the bad vibes kind of permeated through the house right she pulls off her glove <laughs> as as i think innuendo has reached all-time highs <laughs> uh her glove flops onto bruce's face as he turns away with a grimace so like this guy can't even allow himself to have like a good time this even in his dreams needed to have some fun in this dream just a little <laughs> before he went just on give, his way give him a little i don't care if you can't read man <laughs> get it get up in there <laughs> selena asks why he's so upset and bruce explains that he feels like he's someone else. It's crazy, but I know I'm, and he's cut off by Selena saying, Batman! And mm-hmm. we as the, the viewer are like, oh yeah, you're Batman. Right. But then we see Batman swing by. Yeah. Great moment. And they run to the window to see Batman, and Bruce is in total shock. You know, he's in total shock, and it's like, uh, why? That's, that's not me, right? Mm-hmm. That's his response. And then because of this, he's so he's so kind of distraught by this and, and made so uncomfortable by, by this that he actually runs outside to confront Batman. 
Right. To see like what's going on here. Right. So this this splits us on the commercial break. Yes. Um. I think. So I think we're only like six minutes into the real episode here. Yeah. I, I think they're my favorite six minutes of any of the episodes. So good. I only, so far, I think only Heart of Ice challenges these yeah. six minutes. Yeah. I the opening six is, minutes of Heart of Ice are very, very good. They are. They're, yeah. they're so really, really one, good. Though. But these are just, it's incredibly compelling. As a viewer, you it invites Inquisition immediately. What's going on? What's yeah. happening? Something's not right. And you're going through it with him. Yeah. Um, it feels personal. Um, and yeah. you're you're not given a lot of clues as to what is the solution for this mystery. No, it's just I remember the anticipation. It's, it's so really good. great, and just seeing Batman swing by, it's just it's like that oh. is so good. You're like, yeah. what is happening? What's wrong? Yeah, why is it? Why is there still Batman? Right. Also, it's 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 two it's two totally different facets of Batman when comparing, perchance, to Dream to Heart of Ice. Because Heart of Ice at the beginning, I feel like with Batman is much more of a kind of like chase and physical thing where yes. this is all Batman in his own head, which is very cool. It's Batman in his own head. Also, why I like this one in particular is because even though this is a Mad Hatter villain episode, this is all Bruce. Yeah. This is all Batman. Yeah. It's all Hard Vice dealing... was all, you know, for six minutes at least, you know, it's entirely centered on Mr. Freeze. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. great yeah. character, but yeah. this is our character. Yeah, we're seeing... We finally get to know more. Yeah, Bruce Wayne essentially fighting against himself. So then outside, we see a jewel thief get stopped by Batman. Batman then swings down, does a flip, stops the getaway car by tossing the driver, and then riding the car until it crashes <laughs> like, a, like a champ. He apprehends all the thieves. We can hear sirens in the background. Selina's still obsessed with Batman, saying, isn't he fantastic? Actually, yeah. So this was my takeaway from that. Bruce Wayne, or Batman, has never seen what Batman <laughs> right. can he's do. He's never seen himself in action. And he's like, oh, wow, I'm actually really good. Wow, that guy's great. Yeah, look at that guy. Good job. Yeah, Patton, it's, that's Obama giving himself the medal. <laughs> <laughs> the meme, right? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, yeah, let me, uh, let me give that to myself. Um, and we see Batman grapple away as Bruce asks, but who is he? And no one knows. But he's been in Gotham for a few weeks. Bruce then turns to Selina, asking her if the name Catwoman rings a bell, which I find really, really cool that he would he would do something like that because he knows something's up. Right. So uh, we did get a little hint in this scene, by the way, and it took me viewing this a few times to see this. Um, if you actually try to look at the jeweler's store sign, you could even pause the episode if you have to. It says something like A-L-X-J-Y-Z-I-V mishmash. Um, so the letters don't make sense already. It's just that Bruce is so distraught he hasn't noticed that yet. Yeah, which is kind of cool that, and we would only notice it. You, we would only. You would only catch it, it on, on repeat viewing. Yeah, no one would catch that the first because time. I don't would, think because we would. We would only. We you have to know. You right. have to know the twist in right. order to be able to understand that. Because otherwise, if you're looking at it, like, oh yeah, that's all jumbled. Probably the, the animators got lazy. Well, that's kind of what I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 lazy whatever. animation, whatever. Yeah. The signs, they don't care. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. another clocking again. Exactly, know? exactly. Um, Bruce then goes to see Doctor Leslie Tompkins. He explains the situation to her. She diagnoses him essentially with anxieties from dissociation because of his easy life and that he's manifested some kind of life that feels exciting to him. That he's not Batman, but he wishes he was. Though we know something's up, she tells him he has to find pride in his own existence. Bruce has to really accept his life. He has the line in that scene, the nightmare is over, yeah. which is such a heartbreaking moment it's of this episode. So sad. That, so, you know, so sad. That he would refer to his life that way. Yeah. Um, this is another great scene. I love yeah. the Leslie Tompkins scene. I think it's great. It also reminded me of my favorite movie, Groundhog Day. Yeah. Where Phil Connors tries to figure out if there is something psychologically wrong with him and seeks out the Punxsutawney psychiatrist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. 
please help me. There's something yeah. wrong. And yeah. the guy basically tells him, well, come back tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, I can yeah, help yeah, you, yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. For him, there is no there tomorrow. Is no tomorrow. Um, and Dr. Tompkins actually, I think, gives him a totally plausible yeah. reason why this could yeah. be happening. It's plausible enough that even he starts to be like, okay, I'm just going to try this out. I'm just yeah. going to try to accept this yeah. as a reality. It's like his life's so boring that he had to create a fantasy right. fantasy world to live in because he it just is nothing. It's not interesting. Right. Though this does posit something interesting. If Bruce Wayne hadn't ever become Batman, I wonder, would he have been really bored and unsatisfied yeah. with yeah, his life? Probably Maybe been he would have. Yeah, probably. And that's probably why, you know, he's... He's got this kind of playboy yes. billionaire thing because he's got so much money. He's got all of his needs taken care of. Like, what is that guy going to do for fun? Yes. He'd jump out of planes and, <laughs> you know, parachute. Right, do and, cliff diving. Yeah, and all that crazy stuff. Spelunking. Spelunking. Um, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> this is how this episode comes back around to some hopefulness for me in interpreting this because it's like, hey, dude, if you weren't Batman, actually your life would kind of suck. You just yeah. don't realize yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, of course... Of course, it's a tragedy what happened to your parents, but also, like, this event shaped who you are, gave you purpose. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. if you didn't have it, you might be seeking something out. Yeah, which is probably not the best. <laughs> right. Um, we cut back to Wayne Manor. Bruce embraces his father and invites his parents to join him at the it, opera. It's so nice. Yeah, it's a very... Well, and yeah, invites them to join them at the opera, arguably, depending on your interpretation of the events here... I'm I'm inviting you to something similar to where you were killed. Yeah, yeah. Right, well, because now it's safe to do that. And now we can go to the opera and not have to worry about it. Right. And then we see Alfred clearing, uh, cleaning the grandfather clock while Wayne interrupts him. He jokingly brings up the Batcave. He's poking fun at himself <laughs> from earlier. Alfred kind of rolls his eyes at it, probably like Bruce's back in top form. Uh, My life is a dream, Alfred. The best dream anyone ever had. Alfred leaves, but as Bruce goes to read the newspaper, all of the words are jumbled and nothing makes sense. Bruce continues to scour the paper, but it's all like that. Yeah, it's great. It's a great moment. Yeah. And it's played as a horror movie moment. Yeah, yeah. And the music underneath, I know you caught it. Yep. Uh, yep. It's a very slowed down mm -hmm. Mad Hatter's theme. It's Mad Hatter theme. It's so good. It's really good. The that it was so good, I literally went... Yeah, Ooh. that was delicious. Yeah, oh, give me that mm, <laughs> chef's kiss. You know, it's when when you're in, when you're in tune with the music, and the music is such an important thing of this in this series. It is. It's very classic. It's very classic Warner Brothers animation that we don't see anymore. It is, and you know, there there are episodes where it's more prominent than others. Be a clown comes to mind. Uh, this episode, of course, but it's like it is so much storytelling. So much storytelling so is much going story. on in the music. It's so important, man. It's that's why that's why John Williams is who he is. That's why yeah. Danny Elfman is who he is. That's why the music in this episode is so in this series is so yes. incredibly important. Thank you, Shirley. Thank you, Shirley. You're the best. Um, his parents then find him and show they show their concern. Uh, Bruce has now confirmed that his dream is a lie. And he rushes away from his parents. Mm. In a nearby room, he sees the goons that Batman arrested on TV. These are the guys that he he arrested for the jewel heist in Bat in Bruce Wayne's dream. In, in the real life. In in the real life, yes. In in the real world. Yeah, he sees the well, he sees the goons that he was chasing after when he got into the warehouse. Right. At the beginning yes. of the actual the episode of, in the real at world. At the beginning yes. of the episode, right. he sees them on TV. As the TV describes that Batman has once again foiled a robbery. Bruce, in frustration, picks up a statue and throws it into the TV. And also, I think, through space and time. Because there's no way that statue would have fit in the TV. <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and give that. 
Yes. I also thought, like, in this moment where his mind just snaps, yeah. if this had been the real world, this would have been Bruce Wayne's villain origin yeah, story. Yeah, it's really close. The, the ensuing rampage that happens from now to the end of the episode is basically how one of his villains gets started. He blames Batman. Right, he blames Batman, just like they all do. Oh, it's just Batman's fault! It really is. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. is, by the way, the same thing the Mad Hatter did. Yeah, Batman ruined his life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bruce then jumps into his sports car, which is very Batmobile-esque in terms of, like, the ki- the type of car it is. Oh, another great car. It's another yeah, great... Yes, like, you're right. It's, it's very another, Batmobile-esque. It's very Batmobile-esque, yes. and he drives into Gotham. He buys... He then goes into a shop. Okay, listen, guys. This is a fantastic <laughs> episode. You know, it's Jordan's favorite episode. It's a great episode. This is a this top is five a, episode a of all weak. time. Yes, I get He it. goes into a store that sells grappling hooks and ropes, flare guns, flares... I guess it's a hunting shop. I guess that's how they kind of break it down. But it's a it's a ridiculous store that exists. Um, he leaves his hunting shop wearing completely different clothes. He changes his clothes, uh, which is weird. And as he leaves, he's stopped by the police who then ask for his license. Upon seeing the license, the cops say that his parents are worried about him and that he needs to go with them and go go with the police so that they can bring him home. I love how they treat the rich criminal. I know. It's like, They're hey. like, oh, hey, buddy, come on. Yeah. I know you just killed three guys. And you just, on, listen, you I know home. you're carrying a gun, but you got to go home to mom and dad, okay? You're 38. And do we have a confirmed the older cop is voiced by Ed Asner? Uh, no. I'm pretty sure it I'm, is. It's, it sounds it might like Might be it. uncredited, but yeah, it sounds like Yeah, yeah. Definitely like, uh, what's his name? In... It sounds like the Freakazoid yeah, cop. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah, his name? I don't there? remember. Yeah, yeah, I love the Freakazoid the cop. The Freakazoid cop. Freakazoid cop rules. <laughs> I showed Amanda one episode of Freakazoid, and she was like, why have I never seen this? Correct. It's I'm a, like, absolutely this... an Amanda show. <laughs> it's, just, it's so good. <laughs> So he says, sure, you, sure, I'll go with you, but not right now. And then he runs away. Um, <laughs> they look, just look so like, oh, God, like, oh, after God, this we're going cra- to have to chase after him. What's crazy about this is that in his dream, he still has his Batman skills. He does. Well, he's, again, Olympic decathlete. Yeah, he's like you know, ridiculous. He's built like a you I saw, know, I saw football the, pro. I saw the dips this guy was doing. <laughs> he did so many dips. So many dips. So Uh, many dips. All the dips. The cops try to chase him, but like he clearly just easily vaults a fence. Yep. Again, the music is the Mad Hatter's theme. Big, dramatic, operatic Mad Hatter theme now. but still Mad Hatter. They continue to chase him, but he's already halfway up a building, and the cops go, wow, he moves like Batman. (laughs) If only you knew. Uh, Bruce then hops a roof, and he descends into another alleyway. He heads to the cemetery. And the cemetery sign is also unreadable, since now the viewer is in on the joke or in on the twist. Now it's it's more apparent. We get it. We, we get, get it. it. We see the really ominous leafy wind in this scene, which I love. I love a good, scary, spooky, leafy wind. I do as well. I also I love that it's at the cemetery, because yeah. it's like yeah. it's like he's dead. Yeah, it's and like he he's dead. And he has to come back to life here. Also, the cemetery is such an important place for Bruce Wayne, right. because this that's where, where his the, parents would have been buried, the, right? His, his yep. parents' grave is, and that's such an important part of Batman's iconography is the Wayne's grave and the cops try to stop and then he easily vaults another wall and the cops are just the cops try to chase after him and they just run into the wall right Mm -hmm. which is is hilarious Uh, Bruce we see Bruce running towards a church he uses his fresh grappling hook and he grapples to the top of the church and starts scaling the wall Okay, I got to bring this up because, you know, we always have to take any shots we can at an episode when we can. There was a continuity error here. I didn't even catch this. So the grappling hook, like, hooks to, like, a gargoyle or something on the first thing. But then when you see him climbing it up, it's hooked to something totally different. Okay. It's fine. It could just be passage of time, it's, but yeah. It's fine. Right. Yeah. It's not a big deal. I just noticed <laughs> it. It's totally fine. I don't care. Uh and then he gets up to where the Belfry is and he calls out to Batman, blaming him for all his troubles. I love it that he knows he's in a dream world now because then he could just be like, hey, Batman, and Batman will show up. Of course. Well, because now essentially he's 
almost doing like a lucid dreaming type thing where he's like, I think I can control this dream a little bit. Yeah. And just make yeah. him appear. Yeah. No, I think that's that's pretty uh, pretty amazing. And Have you ever had a lucid dream? No. I have only had very few in my lifetime. I know there's like all kinds of different skills you can like try to... Um, you know, expand and trying to like become more aware in your dreams because once you're aware you're dreaming, not only does a dream become like not frightening, it could be even empowering. Yeah. I've had it maybe once or twice in my life. It is really cool. That kind of seems what they're referencing here where it's just like, all right, he knows he's dreaming. He can call out to Batman and Batman will appear. I remember people telling me that they were able to force themselves into lucid dreams. I think some people actually I, can. Not, I, I, it's not a skill I'm I have. not going to do it. Well, I mean. I don't want to. Okay. It's probably pretty scary. I'm very scared. I'm very scared. I understand. I'm very scared. I'm very scared. So Bruce Wayne blames Batman for all of his troubles, and then Batman shows up, swinging in from the sky. They have a fight in the Belfry during a thunderstorm, which is great. Awesome. I wish we got more fights like this in the series. Metal. Yeah, it's so Batman. (laughs) It's like it's so good. Uh, Batman fighting himself in a Belfry over the cemetery with a thunderstorm is fucking metal. Yeah, man. It's like get out the guitar. (laughs) get out the slayer um they're clearly very evenly matched batman tries to convince bruce wayne that he needs professional help wayne's illusion was broken when he realized he couldn't read the newspaper he lets batman know this that reading is the function of the right side of the brain while dreams come from the left side okay so yes we should talk about this this is not real this is pseudoscience this but this was widely held as a belief even during the time of this episode being made and it's still effective as a twist even though it's basically been disproven it works in terms of this episode obviously right brain left brain really doesn't mean anything anymore they've pretty much said that that also this is in the this is in the realm of people saying you only use 10 percent of your brain which is completely false also false yeah and not exactly what was ever meant by that phrase yeah 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 um it's a bunch of myths that that coalesce and work together it's fine we just do have to bring it up because science has changed things over time and you know the left brain light right brain thing aren't nearly as uh prominent Yes. I, so I thought about this after, you know, re- seeing your show notes and being like, okay, but then what could they have done here? And I guess the only light update I would do if they were to ever like do like a new version of this episode or something is to just change what the twist is. Yeah. Like the twist is obviously still that he's dreaming and he's not Batman and whatever. Um, they just couldn't have it be like, oh, the books didn't make sense, right? It yeah. could literally be anything else. Yeah. Just even one thing that defies normal logic well, you, would be okay. You know what? That's fine. They could do that. They could have done... There's like a, you, a dream logic you moment. You, you could have made, still made the words jumbled. Like, right. you could have done that and just been like, Batman right. could be like, oh, you know, Batman could it, could... it could ring a bell because he could just be like, he's a guy who studies stuff. Bruce Wayne studies a lot of stuff. He could study psychology. And it could just be, oh, and... Yeah, I've heard stories of you not being able to read in your dreams. Yes. I also thought a poetic way to change it was to allow him to read in the dream, and he reads like a favorite book or something like that, but the ending's different. Yeah, know? something like that. You know? Something like that. That could work really well. You know what would well. have been cool? Could have done Hamlet. Okay, sure. Could have done Hamlet. With he a happy ending. With Hamlet. Marries with ha- Ophelia. He marries Ophelia, and, and Batman goes, what? Yeah, right. Well, he goes to the play with his yeah, parents, and yeah. that's the ending that's of the play. It. And they're it's... like, oh, and the famous ending of Hamlet is it? it oh, ends yeah, it's happily. a comedy. Right. It's and him being, he just stands up at the theater. Stop. Hamlet Stop. is not a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Billionaire Bruce Wayne leapt from the balcony of the Gotham Theater. <laughs> beat up three actors. <laughs> this is the not how it goes. Uh, get you to a nunnery. So, so basically, we just did a how about this pitch yeah, for so good. Perchance the so dream. So good. Uh, Bruce continues Redux. to. Be- Bruce continues to explain that Batman is part of the issue 
and that he knows the tower is part of his nightly patrol. They continue to fight Batman, uh, Bruce best Batman because he's, well, he's still Batman. Bruce ultimately wrestles Batman down and pulls the mask off to reveal that it's not Bruce Wayne under the mask, but the Mad Hatter. And I have to say, like, that guy's got such a fucking face. I know, I know. <laughs> you know, like, when you see it, you're like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> especially the opposite of Batman's face so yeah, yeah that is but what a good reveal I yeah. remember being a kid and seeing that being like this fucking rules this is the best episode of everything you're ever you're standing up at like seven years old yeah standing on the bed standing on the bed Mad Hatter Jess <laughs> but you see his face you're like <laughs> yeah no that is yeah, it's very jarring Jervis Tetch is not not yeah, a pretty boy yeah Haddam lets him know that he's right though the Hatter tells him he goes he uh, this is a dream that a mind control apparatus would put on his head to create the ideal world for the sleeper Bruce is concerned that Hatter now knows all of his secrets, but turns out that he doesn't. Only the dreamer knows what happens in the dream. Bruce demands that Hatter brings him back to the real world, but Hatter refuses to bring him back. Hatter's actually kind of upset here. He is, because he doesn't understand yeah, he's the like, fundamental parts of Bruce Wayne that make Bruce Wayne Bruce Wayne. But I, but I gave you a perfect life. I, I, you know, He's very kind of concerned that Bruce Wayne doesn't like the perfect life that Mad Hatter made for him. Hatter tries to then quote Alice and through the in, from through the looking glass at Bruce, who then tells him that this isn't some silly storybook. I'm sorry, sorry to all you fans of Alice in Wonderland. Hatter refers to this as Bruce's own private Wonderland. Hatter explains that Wayne can't get out of it; he can't wake up, and that he needs to stop fighting. Bruce then figures out that the only way for him to awaken is to die. So in a very dark, which is which is another myth about dreams, yes, I think, which you, is that when you die, you wake up. Yeah, yeah. Well, or I think a lot of people probably die right before they hit the ground in a dream yes, where they're falling. Right. I think that typically happens. So Bruce figures this out. He has to essentially uh, kill himself, uh, which is dark. This is yeah. a dark ending. This it's such a dark ending, and like I know we always like whine about this. Not that we're whining, but like wow, a kid show. But like this being the turn in the kid so show that we, wakes him up is boy. like wow. We're talking yeah, to kids. Yeah. Okay. He throws himself off the off the church to his death. We yeah. see him fall to his death. Now he doesn't hit the ground, but we do see him fall to his death. Right. So when Batman throws himself off the well, we're saying Batman now, but when Bruce Wayne throws himself off the tower, this terrifies Hatter, who wants the illusion to stay. And then Bruce Wayne says to him, See you in your nightmares. Fucking metal. This is metal, dude. Great. Like great line. What kind of thing to say <laughs> right before you kill yourself in a dream? But, like, how Batman, too. Yeah, it's super like, Batman. Like, I don't know. Don't kill yourself. You might die. Well, I'm seeing you in your nightmares. I'll be back. <laughs> see you, ya, see ya, buddy. Batman then wakes up. He has that apparatus on his head. He takes it off and beats up Hatter's goons. These are the same goons from TV that we saw earlier. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hatter is infuriated. No one is smart enough to escape my dream machine. Yeah. Well, there, there it is. The, dream, yeah, the old yeah, dream the, machine. The good old dream machine. That he never uses again, no, despite no, no. being incredibly powerful. It's so effective. When Batman grills him as to why he did it, Hatter said, it's because you ruined my life. So, continuity. You ruined my life. Continuity. Continuity. It's, continuity. A, it's a direct pickup from Matt as a hatter. Yes, def- this guy definitely. did not stay in Arkham very long. No, no. He was in Arkham for like an hour. Well, but also like, Jervis Hedge is a genius. Yeah. He truly yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Both the technology in both episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's leaps and bounds ahead of everybody yeah. else. It's insane, dude. He, he took Batman out. It's crazy. 
which I do love though that we're finally starting to get some loose continuity between episodes now that that aren't like two parters. It's like oh, if you saw the first Manhattan right. or this mm-hmm. one, you'd get two. So that's yeah, really cool. this is one of our first big payoff episodes for yes, that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. So if you're a fan of Mad Hatter and you're a fan of Mad as the Hatter, this episode is is got to be right around right around the same level of quality. Right. Hatter says that he was willing to give Batman whatever he wanted, just to keep him out of his life. So I guess he's just so broken up about him not being able to to be with Alice. Right. Hatter, or, or anyone. Yeah, or yeah, I guess you're right. Or anyone. Hatter doesn't even put up a fight. Like, he totally just gives up and gives in to Batman. And his theme plays as Mad I, Hatter is arrested. Yeah, I love that there's no beat-em-up sequence yeah, for Hatter yeah. at the end of the episode. Well, you know, it does show... We talked about this a little bit. We talked about this a little bit when we talked about the first Mad Hatter episode. That we like that Batman doesn't become the bully. We like that yeah. Batman doesn't beat up the smaller you know, the smaller guy who can't hold up in a fight. Right. No. Uh, again, Batman's compassion through the animated series is, uh, is his greatest power. He's a very kind Batman. He is a kind Batman. Um, and you know, pertinent to some of the themes in this episode, but also in the last couple we've done Batman in the animated series, I'd say more than in the comics, more than in most of the comics, he's very fatherly and he's very teacherly. Yeah. Quite a lot. He is. Even though he punches people in the face. Well, you know, I, (laughs) <laughs> you're the, you're a teacher. You I've know. never hit a child. I never. I not, know you have not. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not king. Not, not yet. yet. Uh, I I imagine a lot of teachers have to um, hold back. The way, literally, literally all of us, one hundred percent. Yeah. You, you bite your tongue a lot. Oh yeah. God yeah. You know what you have to remember though is like these are kids. These are kids. You know you just, you have to you have to laugh. They say you have to laugh. They say very dumb things. They do. Well, but I think the, actually the problem is that sometimes they say things that are very smart yeah. and very cutting and they don't realize how sharp. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, well, because so, they're, they're all in competition with each other, man. <laughs> right. But it's, that's it's, another, it's another thing. Another thing. So, yeah, no, I, I do like that he doesn't he doesn't become a bat bully here. So it's um, it's 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 good. It's good. Because right. that would make Batman... That would make Batman... It'd be like, oh, come on, Batman. Why you got to beat up on the nerd? Like, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't like him a swirly. So he's yeah. all right. He's all right. We then get to the uh, last scene in the episode. And we see Gordon is taking a look at the dream machine and asks Batman what it is. He says to Gordon, the stuff dreams are made of. And he walks off very, yeah. very sad. We pan to see the stars and then we see a shooting star. That last line and the pan up has haunted me for years. Yeah terrible it's brutal it's I heavy love it um and like i'm crying like it's an incredible ending it's so, um, it's so intense yeah uh i love it what are your what are your closing thoughts here i know it's my favorite episode yeah. where are you where are you uh, with this I, one? I thought this episode was killer man it's Is a it top tenor for you i think so i think it's got to be okay. uh, it's i think it's a fantastic episode it's definitely one of the best we've watched even though there's not a lot of batman or mad hatter the alternate universe and everything is just so interesting. Everything we've talked about, it just makes this episode so appealing. It's such a sad episode. It's such a compelling episode. It has Batman beat where he's normally not beat. It's, you know, yeah. in a superhero story, right? We want to see the hero have to overcome something. That's what makes a superhero interesting. Yes. 
the reason why people have problems with Superman is because he can punch his way through every problem. Now, I think that's a rather reductive take on Superman. I think Superman means a whole lot more than that. And I think what makes Superman great is not the fact that he can punch his way through every problem. It's the fact that he saves people. Absolutely. That's what makes Superman a beautiful character. He represents hope. He represents everything humanity would want a god to be. Yep. A benevolent god. Mm-hmm. But in Batman's case... If Batman easily solved every problem, if Batman easily beat up every bad guy, if Batman had a good life, he would be so much less compelling of a character. And I think what makes Batman excellent is that he has a real problem in this episode that seems like he might not be able to figure it out. And when he does, the payoff is enormous. The payoff is incredibly heavy. It's soul-crushing. But in the end, the, the payoff is that we get to see Batman at his best with his wits. Yeah. Seeing Batman fight guys is great. Like seeing Batman fight 30 guys in a warehouse is awesome. Yeah, like awesome. He's throwing guys through windows. He's punching guys in the face. He's hitting them with everything, right? But I think what the movies never, very rarely get right is, is Batman having to outsmart someone. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, he has to outsmart, as you said, himself. And this episode is fantastic. This is definitely a top 10. It's pro- probably a top five. Wow. It's very, very Crack good. Five. It's okay. very, very good. Uh, Heart of Ice is still, I think, my favorite. Uh, just because... Very I'm, few people would disagree I'm a big you, yeah. dorky superhero guy, and I like supervillains with oh, superpowers. Oh, but people love Heart of Ice. That's oh, not, exactly, you know, not, a, exactly. not a controversial opinion. Um, and, and it's stuff like this, though, that, you know, obviously, you know, we joke around on this. This is very... Always on the cusp of turning into a Spider-Man podcast. <laughs> Uh, Spider-Man's my favorite superhero. I've been very open about that. How dare you? It's a Batman uh, I, I, I love Batman. I love Batman. Spider-Man's my favorite superhero. And I think the reasons why I'm attracted to Batman are the same reasons I'm attracted to Spider-Man. Is that... Struggle and sacrifice. He's a struggling character. He's a responsible character. And he sacrifices yeah. everything to for the greater good to save people, to protect his city. And Batman in in this one is taken out of it it's like a Gotham with Batman without Batman is terrifying. Um, the world that they live in and about, and Bruce Wayne working his way through this is uh, really special. Uh, it's really sad, but ultimately awesome. And it just proves, I love that the Mad Hatter gets the bump. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not two Face. It's not Joker. It's not the Riddler. It's not the high profile. It's guy, not the so. high guys. It's not even the penguin. It's the Mad Hatter, a guy that most people would be like, Hey, yeah, he's a, probably a B tier Batman villain, but right. He gets Batman. Mm-hmm. Almost got him. <laughs> yeah you know but no i love this episode really really good yes um i love the episode it is my favorite. haunted me for years um i will say this in terms of structure and whatever um the first time batman encounters the mad hatter in uh the animated series in mad as a hatter we get all the wonderland stuff yeah the idea that Jervis is going to abduct this girl and make Gotham a Wonderland for her because, in his mind at least, uh, in Wonderland, the Mad Hatter is king, right? But Batman makes pretty quick work of Wonderland because he knows that's not the way things are. He sees just another sort of demented criminal because he's seeing Jervis's situation from the outside. Yeah. Perchance the dream is the ultimate revenge. Yeah. Right um, now, Jervis is going to put him inside his own dream, yeah. whatever that may be. So, if Madison Hatter is Alice in Wonderland, this is through the Looking Glass. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're seeing yourself in the mirror, but it's not you. Yeah, 
right? It's a much more dangerous place. Um, I, I think of immediately in Through the Looking Glass, the second half of the Alice in Wonderland novel that we all have read. Um, I think of the Red King, right? This is a character that is asleep. Yeah. And I think it's Tweedledee or Tweedledum poses to Alice, you know, we don't know if we're all characters in his dream. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And when he wakes up, it all goes away. Yeah. Um, you know, because uh, the way that that part of the book is, is set up, it's almost like a chess match. So yeah. the Red King never moves. He just yeah. stays there yeah, asleep. Yeah, yeah. And the idea is put there. It's like kind of this existentially threatening thing in that book that is already a very weird book that like, oh, if this guy wakes up, it's all over. Yeah. Right. Or is it if Alice wakes up, it's yeah. all over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are these characters all dreams? Is the Red King a dream? What's real? What's not? It is frightening. Uh, this episode is so good in all the ways that it opens all the doors for exploration and it forces Bruce Wayne to choose. Yeah. I guess we could say like, well, of course he was always going to choose being Batman, but I think for the reasons that you just described with your yeah. Spider-Man analogy, yeah. right? The four things that make up Batman, right? His ability, and I'm talking about his wits as well as his yep. physical prowess, um, his radical compassion, yep. right? His struggle, yep. his sacrifice. Yep. He has none of those things in the dream. So no. Mad Hatter gets completely wrong what this guy actually needs now. This is what you could have given the child, yeah. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. But the grown man, no. the guy that's lived 30 years without his parents, he knows this is not his yeah. life. He's never going to be satisfied. There are people out there who could have opened that book and seen the jumbled writing and said, I'm going to ignore this, and I'm just going to hold on to the stream as long as I could. I think men like Jervis Tetch would yes, do that. for sure. Right, but Because Batman, he wants to live in Wonderland. Right. Yes. But Batman can't. He has too much responsibility. Yep. He has too many people he has to take care of. Um, yes. And to you know, paraphrase Frost, uh, he has miles to go before he sleeps. Exactly. He can't die yet. There's too yep. much left to do. That's really, really, really well said. And a fantastic episode. Obviously, you know, for me, it's it's clearly in my top ten. Could be in my top five. Uh, for Jordan, it's his top episode of all time top so, one so this was a, a really cool journey to go through and to re-experience this episode and uh, have a little bit more hatter action which is which is fantastic and then uh next time we're talking about the cape and cowl conspiracy we are which is uh an episode that i think is actually decent a suspiciously good episode yeah it's better yes. than it should be right and uh we'll get more into that when we talk about it uh, i actually really enjoyed that episode but uh this episode was uh perchance to dream it was a, a terrific 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 episode episode 30 on the production side and episode 26 on the broadcast side and thank you for joining us this was the batman cast for jordan hugh i'm mike staub thank you and see you next time same bat time same bat channel And thank you for listening to the Batman Tasticast. We hope you liked this week's episode. If you want to support the show, you can find us on social media at Batman Tasticast, pretty much across the board. And if you really want to help us out, we ask that you leave a review, uh, if you could, a five star review, or leave a comment, reach out to us individually, do all that stuff, because that helps the show become that much more visible. We thank you all for listening so far, and we've got a lot more episodes to cover, so we'll catch you next time. <laughs>